Hey, this is Jack Shoulder. You are listening to the Walter Paisley Movie House. Welcome to the Walter Paisley Movie House, where we celebrate the little engines that could not. Coming to you from Nilbog Manor Studios, our music is by Jonathan Harmon, and I am your host, Dylan Rari. We're kicking it off today with part two with Mitch Friedman. I got this out a little earlier than uh, normal, uh, just because of some scheduling things. I needed to push this one out a little sooner than I normally do, so I hope you enjoy it. So, tell everybody how people could get on this show um well it was a variety of ways i mean one thing was like frank and and you know frank would go around and perform and then um he'd see other performers you know usually adult mm-hmm. performers um yeah. and so there'd be comedians or other singers and he'd invite them on the show um and i think there was also like something to do with like he was friends with the uh woman who ran this like dance academy of staten island yeah it looked like he had a relationship with her that would they, she would just bring in anybody yeah so that's a lot of the dance <laughs> a lot of the girl dancers were from her um, and they ranged in age anywhere from like seven to like sometimes in their 20s yeah 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 um um and then you know just from the show being on he would advertise at the end or just in, throughout the show mm-hmm. and mention if you want to be on Stairway to Stardom and including Evie Day's commercial, if yeah. you want to be on Stairway to Stardom, write to this number or call this number. And so, you know, he would... Um, that number is no longer valid, by the I way. Would, I would uh, imagine not. It actually, it went to something. I called it one night, actually within the past couple of years. I may <laughs> have... I may have I may have been smoking weed beforehand. So oh, God, <laughs> hey, God. let's call the number. Oh my goodness. I'll try it again. It, yeah. it actually went to an answering machine. So we left a message, of course. But yeah. <laughs> never um, heard back. <laughs> yeah. So that was, you know, I think that was the that was the main uh way of recruiting people to be on the show was like combination yeah. of he just knew them or some kids agents gave him information for these kids or or people just watched it and wrote in that's but what the, shocked me there's a couple times where where people brought up their agent's name yeah I, I, i'm what <laughs> you have an agent How? well i don't know you know i guess anybody know, like broadway, will take 10 you know, so well, broadway danny rose was an agent too <laughs> it's so, true you know there's a there's a there's probably a range of talent with agents <laughs> as there is with talents um but um but here's the shocking thing is that when we went to you know we went to actually get the tapes from frank and i think the second time we went when we got the last batch we uh interviewed him um on on on, on video for like an hour or something and that's also on youtube you can watch that if you want yeah. to bore yourself to death it's actually um, gone over to archive.org too i found it oh found really a, a wow. version there yeah so flattering <laughs> um but he told you're us you're on the public domain site man yeah wow <laughs> made really it. made it now, <laughs> now he said he said that there were actually people who auditioned who didn't make the show so can you imagine wow. like like these are the people that he th- the people that are on the show are the people that he thought were talented uh, that so is on ma- a, that's shocking to me yeah so can you imagine who was who didn't yeah. make, didn't reach his level like, of uh 
it's one of those when I when I heard him because I, I watched that interview and hearing him say that I I mean I honestly did think it was just you call and they go sure we got a spot sure seemed that Come way <laughs> yeah so when yeah when he said that it's just kind of like well, I do we have any evidence of those auditions please oh no no I guess not <laughs> I would love to see them <laughs> I mean you can imagine what uh, you know I, but again Frank uh, he had a um, unrealistic view of uh, assessment of his own talent well so, yeah yeah so it only goes to follow that he had an unrealistic view of everybody else's <laughs> talent too i would think you know it it is truly one of the strangest shows i think i've ever seen um there's there's really nothing that equals it as far as just overall production value um variety you... variety of talent oh, you know <laughs> there's something there <laughs> yeah yeah they hung they hung like uh glitter and tinsel sure sure you know? <laughs> that's a wicker wicker they had that and... poster board with the glitter stairway to start them sure, right on sure, it. sure um it, but it, just everything about it is it's it's kind of like whereas beyond vaudeville was just chaos all the time this yeah. one it doesn't shy away from long spots of dead air as they <laughs> yeah, they switch yeah. performers and um, yeah you know and then like occasionally when it gets too dead Frank will come in and just break into a song and <laughs> it's it it's it's equal parts planned and unplanned. There's a lot of spontaneity that happens within it too that makes it so interesting to watch. Yeah, but the spontaneity is the part that. Uh is usually the worst parts or the best parts, whichever you, however you want to catch. Like the ridiculous video effects. Oh the, yeah. Um, There's some great the, star wipes. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that every single, every single dissolve in the show goes on for like three years. Takes, it takes know, time. It takes forever. It takes like half the song <laughs> to finish the dissolve. You know, it's like, come on already. What do you, every you know, once in a while they'll do the, they'll do the two camera, so you've got yeah. the the silhouette of the face <laughs> right. behind the person every now and then. It's, every so, now and it's then. so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine like the the crew was probably like, "Oh boy, what are we going to get this yeah. week?" Who you did know? the editing on that? Was, uh, probably just the people at the studio. People there know? did it. Wow, I didn't. And they probably know that did that it live. They probably did it. Well, I don't think they did it live because because I remember him saying, you know, it takes more than a half an hour to to tape a half an hour show. Right. So that you know, right. we had to do redo things occasionally. So. Mm-hmm. Somebody, yeah, I'm sure Frank didn't together. do the editing, but somebody did. Yeah, I don't know. I hope Frank did it. That would be exciting. That would be I amazing. Don't, I don't think they so. may actually have it in the credits. I'd have to look. Editing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Evie Day. Maybe there was another one of her talents. <laughs> to be there had to be something else. Yeah. Something else. <laughs> So of of the performers, who would you say is your your top three? Who are your top three of the people that would come through on there? Uh, well, top three performers or top three performances? Uh, let's do uh, let's do both. Well, I, I I have to admit I have a soft spot for Frank's performing because mm-hmm. um, although he did way too much of it, mm-hmm. um, Doug and I have always been a, just very fond of crappy lounge singers whether they be real crappy lounge singers or mm-hmm. characters of crappy lounge singers yeah. like uh tony roletti uh from 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 the Amer- fernwood tonight right is the perfect yeah. perfect uh 
and um, you know, uh, uh, from High Anxiety, the Mel Brooks movie, <laughs> when he when he breaks out into that little song in the lounge. So, I'm not a professional. Anxiety. Yeah. yeah, we were obsessed with that when we were like in, in junior high school or whatever. Just that scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then and then later on, we were obsessed with Anthony Newley. He did this. He's just so over the top, mm -hmm. ridiculous, cheeseball, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, egomaniac performing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so we we love that. So combined. So we we were always we were always on the lookout for somebody like that. So then when when I saw Frank in real life, and this guy's real, he's not even a character. Uh, you know, he was like yeah. instant favorite right away. Did so, you guys go see him perform live? No, but he did invite us. Oh, he did. He did well. He didn't. He invited Doug and I. He goes. He called us up one time, and he's he called me up one time, and he's like, "Hey, uh." uh i wonder if you're interested uh you know uh, uh gia williams who was another woman that he was friends with who was a performer she sang fame uh well everybody sang fame but she yeah. sang it on like the last episode with a frilly silver frilly yeah dress, yeah yeah okay way way yeah. over the top kind of yeah he said uh yeah my uh gia, gia williams is doing a performance next week and uh uh you know uh i'm killing and i are gonna go and we're gonna go with evie day and her husband and uh, wanted to know if you wanted to join us, because uh, uh, you know at some point in the evening we're gonna make believe that she spots me in the audience, and I'm gonna come up and do a, a number or two with her. Oh. And and we were like, I, I'm inside. We're like, yeah, I'd love to, but for like ten seconds, I'd like to be there. But the whole evening, oh, that I sounds like I could, that sounds ideal to me. <laughs> I don't know if I could have. We I don't think we could have pulled it off. Oh, I think I would. I would have had a ball at that. That would have been yeah, amazing. I, I mean, at this age now, I would have gone along. Yeah, but back, sure, back sure. then, it'd be like uh, in your twenties, it would have been tough. Sure, it'd be like how how long before they figure out that we're laughing at them? Like pretty quickly, I would think. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so, so we uh, regrettably we didn't go see him perform, mm -hmm. uh, but we could have, we should have, but we didn't. We that we would have been it. great. Yeah, we blew it. Well, so as far as so we've got frank of course and i i do too i mean oh it's... my other my other favorite sorry yeah sorry mm -hmm. yeah yeah go ahead <laughs> yeah uh other favorite um hmm that's a real well you know i mean i love jimmy schwartzman's mm -hmm. cabaret because his mouth is the size of uh, a continent he could probably he, fit both he... his fists in it. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and uh I mean, there's so many. There's so many like little. I, I'm. We're more. We're more fixated on the little, subtle moments that nobody ever notices mm -hmm. than the entire, entire performances. I guess you know, like an example. Little, like, what's an example? Uh. Uh, like Bob Johnson. It was this another lounge singer guy that they were friends with, and um, he does this. Um, he lip syncs to his uh, uh, "Under the Boardwalk" and uh, "Under the Boardwalk" slash "Stand by Me." Yeah, a little medley that he lip syncs to. Yeah, and he, and, he, and, and, and um, <laughs> he starts it off by saying, uh, "You know, first of all, he's going to lip sync to it." So you hear the you hear the track start behind him, right? And then he and he says into the microphone, he goes, "This is this is recorded with my group, right?" And then the song starts. And he's supposed to be lip syncing, but he right. actually says the first two or three words out loud. So he's like, well, I'm not. <laughs> it's just like little screw ups is the, the kind yeah. of the, the stuff that we love. Just the, uh, uh, 
you know, so not so. I mean, we love Alvia because we hate him. <laughs> <laughs> That's that kind of thing. Uh, because sure, because it's yeah. just unbearable to sit through Alvia. So we love sure. the fact that it's unbearable. Not not that we want to watch it, but we love <laughs> the fact that he's so clueless that he was irritating people so much. Um, yeah, so it's like you know, little 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 sound bites of 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 favorite moments. Yeah. Um, but not uh, as far like yeah. So like Michael Phobes, his which you you have to go check out. At, at the I end of his rock that. around the clock thing, he brings out his uh, piano teacher, who uh, has been coaching him. And this guy looks like a Far Side character. Awesome. He's like seventeen feet tall, with like big buck teeth and a deep voice. And he's like, "Oh, he's making great progress." You know, I mean, yeah. this is really it's just very people. It's just the weird. Yeah. It is. It's such a. It's a time capsule, and and if the way, much like Beyond Vaudeville, where it captures that part of New York that is, you know, used to be like a novelty to show in a film to show the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, let's capture New York by showing the weirdo on the street, you know, dressed as Bo Peep. <laughs> but instead, it's right here in front of you to perform, and yeah. I it it's. There, there is, you know, I think there's a tendency um, toward a lot of, of performances to be liked ironically um, mm -hmm. and to be a little mean spirited about. But in the end, it's the, you know, these people are getting up there and performing in this way that is, is again, singular, unique. I, I, for me personally, I love it. Even when I'm laughing at them, I'm laughing with them too because it's just so amazing to watch. Well, they're so they're so um they're um they're gen they're genuine. They're, they're yeah, absolute. They're sincere. Sincere, absolutely sincere not, in they, what they're, they're doing. They don't think it's funny what they're doing. Yeah, they're, and Frank is is just as sincere with them. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so, pretty amazing to watch. All everybody's clueless, yeah. basically. So what um, are your what are your top three performances coming out of it then? The actual performances, yeah, uh, for because they're good or bad. I mean, <laughs> I you you go your you you pick whatever uh, your top three are. Well, boy, I mean, I love uh, the, the Melissa and Ledwan's tap dance to their playing our song. It's pretty amazing. That's just that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and there's a uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this dance troupe in like, I think somewhere in up, somewhere in New York State. Uh, I don't remember somewhere upstate New York, Rockland County or something. I don't know. There's some like musical theater troupe in Rockland County that puts on play, you know, musicals. Yeah. And um, they did a parody. They did a, a like a tribute to that Melissa Ann Ledwan thing, where the whole dance company recreated, you know, on stage. <laughs> recreated that whole routine including like the flinch at the beginning when she thought the music was going to start and the didn't right every it's all so, so that's you know that, i love that but um yeah it's uh uh um uh, i mean my favorite it's a know, it's a lot of media it's, it's, it's like, i i can't even say i have favorites because they're just you know yeah uh, there's so many uh, I love Horowitz Inspector. I love the <laughs> the boiled chicken song. Yeah. <laughs> now, do, the, now, do you think do you think that the Sweeney Sisters from Saturday Night Live were were based absolutely. on them? Absolutely, has to be. Has I to mean, be. absolutely has to be. Uh, yeah. That's that's 
not the first time that's been speculated in my yeah, presence. It's got, yeah. it's gotta be. It's, it's gotta, gotta be. be. I've had like multiple people as we as I've shown it to them, like this has to be Sweeney's sister. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was um not that this is not a favorite performance, but there's this woman named Allison Chaplin, uh, who uh she's she's um she has a very brassy singing voice and she she's like, you know, probably in her probably in her teens or mm -hmm. around 20. And she belts out like uh, my favorite things. Uh, these are a few of my favorite things. Yeah. And she's really like, she's got a good voice, but she's so obnoxiously playing to the camera and the audience. Like, I'm going to go over and talk to the West Coast or, you know, wait, yeah. there's more. So the thing about. Yeah, but she's like singing like Ethel Merman right into the mic too. Right. So it's really, really loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's really loud. But here's the funny thing about her is that. Um, Doug's uh, family used to have like a house in upstate uh, upstate New York, like a summer mm -hmm. house in upstate New York. And Allison Cap Chaplin <laughs> lived up there in the same community and her name was Allison Kaplan. So, <laughs> you know, so you took Chaplin as a showbiz name. <laughs> and then we found out later on that she she became a um, like a talent uh, 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 talent agent, maybe a, mm -hmm. maybe a talent agent or a talent manager. And she was managing like these like old time Borscht Belt comedians like Malzi Lawrence and people like that. Wow. Yeah. And she can, but you can probably even, there's even an interview with her about it somewhere on YouTube, like a okay. endlessly long interview, but, but not about Stairway to Stardom, about right about her, her job. Okay. Or, or whatever she did in the show biz industry. <laughs> um, so I, I, I uh, you know, of course we love Dante because uh, mm. he's mysterious. And yes. You know, he was obviously on an, at least one other episode because he's in the opening montage. Right. But yeah. That episode, but we don't have that episode. Yeah. So that's okay. pretty frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure. Every, everybody asks about where's Dante? We want more Dante. I don't know. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> more than know? likely gone. <laughs> yeah. So no, ask him. You know, I don't know. Um, and yeah, we love all the King's Men, of course, because like the, 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 the version of America. Right. It's just. Uh, it's beautiful it's Absolutely next level beautiful. yeah oh yeah it's perfect yeah <laughs> and he does sound kind of like neil diamond yeah, yeah. i mean you know yeah, vaguely vaguely like if neil if neil diamond was doing a bad tom jones impression there we go yeah uh, i can see that yeah. it's more like that yeah <laughs> well it, um, it has the show has had uh, an influence on culture like we just talked about i mean obviously yeah. horowitz inspector the sweeney sisters yeah. um the here art center an off-Broadway production group yeah. did a show so, yeah. based around it. Did you go see it? Yeah, she got in touch with me. Uh, oh, cool. Uh, to, to ask, uh, actually, she, when she started working on that, she mm -hmm. uh, she got in touch with me and I gave her the copy of the, the box set that we put together. Mm -hmm. um, and she gave me like some humongous cookies that she got from some fancy store on the Upper West Side. They were very good cook they were I cookies. I love how food is the barter for all yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah. Cannolis, cookies, whatever. Yeah, cookies are much better. Than, the cookies were probably much better than the material I gave her. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so she used that as um, as the source material to write okay. that show. Uh, and then and then the, her video guy, you know, reprocessed some of the footage for okay. the re, 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 you know, the projections uh -huh. um, behind them. But but the show wasn't really about Stairway to Stardom. It was more about, um, you know, just people that are fa uh, 
uh, overly ambitious and unaware, uh, just not aware of their level of talent. Right. You know. Yeah. It was more like that. It was more like that. It wasn't really about Stairway to Stardom, the show. But in a way, it was. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. It was definitely inspired by it. Um, yeah, just like um, clueless. Yeah. Performers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I saw that. Yeah. Um, and there've been other things too. You know, there's um, like even um, these two guys that I guess they're not on Saturday Night Live anymore, but um, Beck Bennett and what's the other guy? Uh, Kyle Mooney. Oh, okay. Yeah. They were they they. Uh, before they were on Saturday Night Live, they, they were from Los Angeles, and apparently they they were in some like uh, live improv sketch comedy group they put mm-hmm. together. There, I forget what they're called. Something about home, something with the name home or house or something. I don't remember. But they used to do uh, Stairway to Stardom tribute, like they used to perform as Stairway to Stardom. Nice. Um, yeah. So we found out about that. Uh, yeah, I, it just keeps popping up every now and then. And then yeah. I always get, I, I keep getting these, you know, inquiries from random, usually like TV shows that want to use a clip for it to uh-huh. make fun of it for some clip show or whatever. Sure. And they, and they keep asking like, who has the rights to this? And I tell, it's like Tilly probably, you know, I, right. I don't, we never had the, it was never our show. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, so they're always trying to like find a way to get the rights to to use the footage, but I don't know if anybody's ever been able to, because um, I don't know that like it's up to her basically. Sure. And mm-hmm. um, I so it, it, yeah. Have you ever heard anything from? And I'll cut this if it becomes a controversial issue. But anything from <laughs> yeah. ask from ASCAP about music rights that shocks me. I I meant to ask Rich yeah. that too about Beyond Vaudeville because there's constantly licensed music being used on both oh you mean like you mean like on youtube like them them yeah muting something yeah no i never wow wow i wonder why maybe they just maybe they can't bear to watch it i mean that could be (laughs) it it could be saving itself in that way (laughs) (laughs) yeah like it's it's secretly they were secretly doing something illegal yeah but they'll never yeah it's like all right let them have it because i don't want to sit through this to figure out what (laughs) yeah it is it is kind of weird but that would, that's also the reason why when people say, oh, you should do a documentary. And I like, like, even if we could track down sure. these people to use the clips from the shows, like, first of all, you'd have to get the performance. Clear the music rights. But then and... you have to clear all those music. And they're all like cover versions. You know, very few original songs other right. than Hairdresser. Right. Uh, hairdresser and boiled boil chicken. Oh, uh, sure. sure. <laughs> that's true. There are probably like three or four original songs. Yeah. And the rest of them are like covers of famous yeah. songs. That, yeah. You know, so, or yeah. dance so routines would, to actual songs right. that have been recorded and stuff. Yeah. So it would be like, it would probably be impossibly expensive or just literally impossible to get the rights to, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. 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 So no, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So it, it just, you know, the only way to do it would be to kind of do it on the, on the sly and hope that nobody notices. Right. Um, but I'm not really w- willing to be sued and over stairway to start. You know, <laughs> that would that would put an end to my life if that ever happened. <laughs> I, I would really have to. I would really have to reconsider everything. <laughs> well, I, I will I say as a, in... <laughs> as a as a kid growing up in Southern Indiana in a very small town, shows mm-hmm. like this were were 
so intriguing to me because they gave me this view of a world that was so foreign and and weird and and kind of mystic that yeah. you know when i was watching the the <laughs> one episode um that it it would in fact it was uh if i remember right i think it was the one where they sang boiled chicken which is part of the reason that song <laughs> yeah. kind of an obsession of mine but just the idea that oh you could just walk in off the street and do this which is what i thought it was which in some not ways it was that, apparently not... somewhat <laughs> somewhat there was a slight screening process but... but also just the the sheer oddness of it um yeah. you know it 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 kind of it's that and beyond vaudeville shows like that and herschel gordon lewis you know those are the things that kind of yeah. opened my mind up to there's a lot more in the world um that's oh, weird and fun and cool <laughs> well i was say the, another this he, this he didn't perform but there's a guy that's briefly on the show named judson fountain who comes out and interrupts frank lip-syncing uh old man river yeah yeah and he comes okay. out and he does uh you know this, this is a strange looking guy yeah and he and he and, he, and he's all disheveled and he and he says uh, i was on your show before frank next time i show i'm gonna play an old man like this i'm coming out to get you i'm gonna kill you you know right and i like to have don costello to play the part of the drunk with me you know yeah so this guy is relates back to erwin chusen because another thing that erwin uh i don't know if he discovered it or well anyway he he was the first person to play this on wfmu because this judson fountain guy is this weird kid who used to do these what he called radio dramas because <laughs> he couldn't say drama Sure. And he and he did these series of like ghost stories and they were always like sort of old time radio sounding things, but ghost stories. But they were complete. One of them was the most famous one was called The Old Woman of Haunted House. And it's so it's like the Ed Wood of radio. Awesome. You got to look just Old Woman of Haunted House. I'm Thank me writing later. it down now or, or curse me later. Either way. No, uh, if you have yeah, me at Ed Wood. Yeah, Judson found the old woman of haunted house. Your life will be changed forever. Um, <laughs> so we knew about this Judson Fountain creature, but we never knew what he looked like. Okay. And we, you know, we didn't expect to like ever know anything about him. So then when we when we got these tapes from Frank and we're watching it, and there's this episode, and then Judson Fountain walks out on camera. Right. Like we say, here he is in, in real life. And first of all, so that was shocking. But the first, the, the most shocking and disappointing thing is that I was on your show once before, Frank. The next time I'm on your show, and we, of course, we don't have the one that you right. before. Right. That's probably another one that got recorded over. Right. And he was never on again, as far as we knew. Mm -hmm. But the, the really strange thing is he and Frank worked together. Because we asked Frank about Judson Fountain when we interviewed him, because uh -huh. we were like, we got to find out this, how did this happen? And he goes, oh, yeah, Judson, you know, I work as a, uh, I'm a waiter in a coffee shop. And Judson was the coffee delivery boy. So they were co-workers. So that, it's just so. Wow. <laughs> it's just so weird. <laughs> I mean, not that weird, really. It shouldn't be that surprising, but it was just so random. That yeah. How and the it, hell did Frank Massey know Judson <laughs> Fountain? It's like, <laughs> you know. It's like a super storm of shittiness. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. It was just, it, yeah, it was too much. It was almost, yeah. you know, my head almost literally almost exploded. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, 
Anyway, I wanted to ask you, how did you find Stairway to Stardom? How did you discover it? I, I was um, same way with Beyond Vaudeville. I was out of the back of Fangoria back in the day. You could meet people in snail mail and you just start swapping VHS tapes. Oh, OK. And somebody would say, I, you know, I had like a what I, I can't even remember how I even started. I had a video cassette of some weird, obscure horror film that was mm -hmm. hard to come by. And I traded it with some, you know, a copy of it with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it kind of turned into this little network of weirdos that we'd all just, there was a guy in New York. There was me in Indiana. There was a guy um, actually not far from me in Louisville, Kentucky, another guy, you know, out in Montana, a guy oh. in Colorado, a guy in California. And we'd all just send each other weird yeah. videos that we had. Circulate, and you never knew what you were going to get. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. how I discovered Herschel Gordon Lewis. Being able to see him, his movies for the first <laughs> time was through that. I'd heard about him, but never had access right. to his movies. Um, and then, you know, the, it kind of grew from there and um, Stairway to Stardom, Beyond Bob, lots of public access stuff. Those right. are the two big standouts. Um, okay. There were other weird ones, though. I mean, LA, oh, ton, yeah. LA had some really bizarre ones. Well, Harvey Sid Fisher, you know, yeah. like him, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually saw him live because I, I lived in San Francisco from like 94 to 97, and he I, he performed live with a pickup band from San Francisco wow. who, who were horrible, horrible. So he did some of his astrology songs, then he did yeah. some golf songs, and then he did some male, female, funny sex songs mm -hmm. uh, but it was awful wow absolutely awful but but i couldn't miss it sure you know i mean you have magical. to see that yeah i got us you don't pass up seeing harvey Sid fisher uh, that's you know it, you kind of got some of that happening then later with uh, we brought up earlier tim and eric awesome show there's yeah, yeah. a little more mean-spirited in how sure, they handled sure. the guys but you know james qual and david leave um you know two very unique performers um <laughs> who also have a lot of confidence um but but certainly you're not going to hear songs like david lieberhart writes from anybody else but david lieberhart you know? maybe, so, <laughs> maybe striker maybe striker striker striker's pretty unique too but his were his were so regional they were specific <laughs> to, they were specific, specific to yeah. staten island so. yeah he, he cornered the market on long island songs long island long island that <laughs> yeah, was like, it good morning long island yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite things but that's not necessarily just over no but still yeah primo. pretty good pretty good pretty damn good uh so what what are oh, wait, your wait wait sorry sorry wait look i forgot there's one other person that i one other person that i got that i interacted with from the show is this guy named wayne rubin who was this comedian the comedian yeah yeah comedian um, yeah 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 i looked him up um I guess again, I probably looked him up on the on the internet or in the phone book or something, mm -hmm. and he lived in like somewhere in New Jersey, um, and I, I I called him up or I wrote to him I don't remember I somehow I think I called him up, um, trying to find out if he was the Wayne Rubin. Uh huh. And so I I, I dialed the phone and he rang and he picked up and he goes hello, you know. So it was I knew from one word that it was the <laughs> the guy. <laughs> And um, I sent him a. I never met him in person, but I mm -hmm. sent him the box set, and he was very thankful about it. He actually did get in touch and thank me. Oh, that's nice. Right? So I don't know if that he had watched it yet, but he thanked me for sending it at least. So if he had cool. watched it, he maybe not, maybe wouldn't have gotten back in touch. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, yeah. So these little dribs and drabs of occasional people that, but yeah, I forgot about Wayne Rubin. So sorry, I interrupted. Oh, no, you, no, but. that's no, that's 
couldn't that's good to know that's yeah. awesome yeah 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 very cool well, i was going to ask about you personally you're an editor yeah. i know and that's yeah. pretty much what you've done what kind of work do you do editing um well I'm mostly tv stuff mm -hmm. uh comedy i mean i didn't start out doing comedy stuff but um it was mostly just like commercials and mm -hmm. boring corporate things and and I really kind of despised editing because I didn't, I couldn't stand to watch the stuff that I was editing. It was so boring. <laughs> but then um, I, I got uh, in 2001, somebody just ran, I was about to quit editing forever. I was just completely fed up. Mm -hmm. and I was working on this terribly boring job. And I was like, I, was like, I, I can't, I, I'll kill myself if I have to do another second of <laughs> editing ever again. I can't take it anymore. And literally like the last hour of the last day that I was working on that project, this woman that had been working on it with me, she's on the phone uh, behind me and, and I hear her she's talking to a friend of hers and she says, Hey Mitch, um, I got this friend on the phone. He's like a producer. He's working on this um, TV show and he's, would you be, you know, you're pretty quick. I noticed you're pretty good with this stuff. Are you, would you be interested in working full-time on a, on a TV show? And I was thinking I would rather have cancer at this point you know <laughs> i i was like that's the last thing that i want to be doing is working i don't want to even finish out the hour here to finish editing i can't even bear to get to... so i thought oh there's no way uh, how seriously so i said i said yeah well what can you what else can you tell me about it so she asked him he goes yeah it's this it's this howard stern uh saturday night tv show and i thought well this might be the only thing and i wasn't a howard stern fan i mm -hmm. never really i mean i knew who he was right yeah but i never drove to work and i couldn't listen to the radio when i was working because of the editing you know you can't right other sound going right so i wasn't like a listener but i was aware of him obviously mm -hmm. um so i talked to this guy the producer guy and uh they needed somebody right away and um so i went in that monday next monday and that was the beginning of me working on comedy stuff and then that changed everything because then I actually enjoyed it, <laughs> ed editing, for the most part. I mean, there were still some boring things sure. in, in between. But from that point, it was mostly comedy and worked on the Howard Stern thing for two years. Uh, did a lot of stuff for VH1 and MTV and mm -hmm. some music stuff. And um, yeah, but mostly, uh, yeah, so that's that's mainly what I, that's what I do for money. Yeah. Um, but I also have like, since about 80 since my senior year in college which was like three million years ago mm -hmm. i've been writing and recording these strange little pop songs and i have like nine albums worth that i've done so far that i've released and and, and i've also written like two the three books mm -hmm. um you know uh common comic tragic comic memoirs and uh, some kids' book based on an album I made. Mm -hmm. So, so that that's pretty much all this. I don't can make any money on on the music or the book writing. In fact, I lose tons of money on both of them. <laughs> so they're more like fancy hobbies. Sure. Um, but but yeah, those three things: the editing and the the writing and the music. Those are probably mostly and stairway to stardom. Right. I, I see, <laughs> so, so it's like out of all that stuff, all the editing that I've done and like. Mm -hmm all the writing of them, the songs and everything. I'm really only known for Stairway to Stardom. <laughs> and I had not, and it's not even, I had nothing to do with it. I just right. found it. I just discovered, I just stumbled on it. I was like, you are the, you're the national treasure who saved. Yeah, I, so it's, a, I'm a little, 
a little bitter about a little bitter about that but you know <laughs> not really but you know you know it's just so strange that I've done all this stuff of my own and, and the only thing anybody knows me for is some crappy public access show that <laughs> I really really had nothing to do with at all except just you know <laughs> uh you know I wasn't on it you know oh but here's a here's a funny thing another thing I remember when we were interviewing Frank Frank mm-hmm. um he was they were still going to do like one or two more shows mm-hmm they never did, but they were still thinking they were going to do one or two more specials or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, well, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm kind of a performer, you know, I'm a songwriter. And he goes, oh well, I can we can audition you for the show. So I, 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 I was a little, you know, uh, conflicted because I would have been the only person that was ever on the show who was intentionally bad. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, so luckily it never happened but what I was going to do I was going to wear a tuxedo and I was going to call myself Fred Fredericks because uh, Fred's my middle name so that was why I did that uh, uh, and um, I had this uh, at the time I did this like cover version of this terrible ridiculous Jack Jones song called I Am A Singer which is like it's like the singer's version of I Write The Songs it's like okay. this yeah. amazing egomaniac thing right. about being a singer. <laughs> so I used to do a version of that because I'm not a very good singer. So I used to do a cover version of that because of uh, ironically. And then I also have this other song that was like a fake Mel Torme kind of a song. Okay. So uh so I was gonna do those two songs if he allowed me on the show. But uh it never happened. <laughs> so thankfully it never happened. Did you at least get the audition in? No, 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 never, never. Uh, That was the end of it because he never did anymore. So, right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So that way that would have been, that would have been, uh, that would have been like, that would have like closed the circle, man. That would have been amazing. I probably would have just exploded (laughs) into a pile of dust, a pile of shag carpeting. (laughs) By the way, I just like to say, uh, tell you that, um, if, if we hadn't been the one to discuss, to discover all this stuff if mm-hmm. anybody else had done it we would be just as big a fan we'd be just as obsessed with it because we're just fans of the show and and we we knew instantly that anybody would want to watch there's got to be people as strange as us that would enjoy this sure and and it's been proven out obviously yeah so it's just that we just happen to be the people who found it mm-hmm. but if anybody else found it we would have been just as excited about it it's I like, mean to, you know, to to get interested enough to take that initiative is rare. So so sure, don't okay. get, don't don't sell yourself too short here. That well, the was... initiative I'll, that I'll take credit for, but, yeah. but the actual <laughs> appreciating what's weird about the show that that seems universal. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it just came naturally. You know. Yeah. Well, so, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for reaching out to me also. Uh, oh, big, you're welcome. Yeah. Big thanks to Rich Brown for, for hipping you to us. And yeah, uh, thank I you really for interviewing him because I really oh, enjoyed his too. Yeah. That was, I'd, I'd been after him for a while. So, <laughs> although, I, although I do have a, I still have a bone to pick with him of how when they were, when they did Oddville, they, uh-huh. they screwed up Joey the monkey. They ruined Joey the monkey. Oh, my, my girlfriend who that joey the monkey's her her spirit animal she was she was not pleased watching him in Oddville. (laughs) yeah that was not that was not joey the monkey (laughs) that was like the new monkeys yeah (laughs) that was like the new joey the monkey yeah Yeah. so that was yeah i'll never get over that but but otherwise otherwise he's great and it wasn't his fault the mtv probably no not at all i'm sure they did 
<laughs> and if you want, if do you know what the Joey the Monkey guy really looked like? We saw him in the um uh the thing they did on putting on the hits. My girlfriend actually was like, as we were watching Rich do his little thing on that episode, she's mm-hmm. like, "That's got to be Joey the Monkey. Look how tall that dude is." Well, on the in the Frank Massey interview uh, video mm-hmm. towards the end of the towards the end of it, there's a it cuts away to a he's talking about like he got some award from beyond vaudeville for like best public access show. Yeah, there's yeah. a little award ceremony on the show, you know, and there's a yeah. little clip of that. And the guy who introduces him is the guy who plays Joey. It's the monkey. Joey the monkey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he says, uh, uh, but he calls him Frank Mossy for some reason. So uh, anyway, so that's the Joey, the monkey guy. I don't know if I was allowed to, you know, that's like, right yeah who i also met who i also met in person but that's a whole oh, other thing. that's cool <laughs> that's a crazy that's a crazy story too well what, what is ran, it well i'm when i moved to big residence fan uh-huh. um and uh doug and i had seen them live a few times and around you know late 80s early 90s and one time we were close enough to the stage that you know uh, it was like maybe their 13th anniversary show in 86 i think we were close enough to the stage that i could actually i couldn't see who the guy was that was singing Mm -hmm. right because he had costume on or whatever right and i could see that he had big ears like real ears that were big that was all i could tell from him you know i mean knew his voice right yeah so when i moved to san francisco in 94 um i knew that the residents were there so it's like oh this is cool i'm going to be in san francisco and and this is where the residents are but that was i didn't think anything you know maybe i'd see them perform something that was right I didn't expect anything else. I moved there on like a Sunday, let's say. On Tuesday, I I I go I take a trip to go look for work because I you know was trying to find editing work. So I had all these addresses in the south. Do you know San Francisco? Uh, pretty well. I've been there a few well, times. Yeah. Well, there's this whole part of the city called South of Market. The Market Street is the main. Yeah. Down mm-hmm. there. And South of Market's like the industrial kind of. Right. Thing. So I. I was I took a few blocks away from Market Street and I was just roaming because that's where some of these editorial companies were, mm-hmm. and I had the list, I had the addresses, and I, I just stop on this corner, and I I look up and there's you know a light uh, a light pole there or a telephone pole or something, and mm-hmm. on the pole, stapled onto the pole was a was a flyer and it had a picture of the resident the eyeball hat guy, mm-hmm. and it said the residents are are having a garage sale and moving, and the address for the garage sale was on that street that I was literally on that yeah. street that I was on the corner of. And it was only like two blocks down and the garage sale was going to be, you know, like that next weekend. So I thought, uh-huh. well, screw, screw looking for work. I'm going to go see where the residence <laughs> garage is, you know, is it a garage sale? Is it an actual garage? You, know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm walking over there right now the hell with everything else. Yeah. So I walked the two blocks and there was like a, like an overpass for a highway and like underneath it was this tiny was a crappy garage uh just like a, a standalone garage uh-huh. um and the door was open the door was open and it was across the street and i could see inside there were like three kind of guys in their 40s with sweatshirts and jeans and moving stuff around and i, I kind of i was like i so I, I started walking closer and i started to notice the stuff that was behind them were, were like props and set pieces from residents cool. shows. So I think, oh boy, could these be the res? I mean, but these be the residents, right? So, so I walk, so I walk up to the first guy that I is there, and um, I say, excuse me, uh, is this where the uh, 
you know, like, again, I knew the answer to this. Like when I said, are you Lucille Cataldo? I, right. <laughs> I said, excuse me, is this where the residents are going to be having their um, garage sale? And he says, yep. And I was like, <laughs> I knew that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew immediately that he was the singer. So I said, uh, uh, yeah, okay. Well, uh, by the way, um, I, 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 something like, um, by the way, I, 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 I don't know who you are, but, but I know who you are. Right. <laughs> and, and, he, and, he, and he goes, what's that supposed to mean? And I said, I said, oh, you know, come on. And he goes, all right, you got me. <laughs> and it was, it was the same, it was the singer from the residence. How cool. And so I, I, so I talked to him for a bit because I was friends, I'm friends with this guy, R. Stevie Moore. I don't know if you know this guy's music. He's a, he's a father of lo-fi home recording. He's like a, He's got like 500 albums. I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah. Since the 60s, since the 60s. Yeah. The, res the residents actually wrote him a fan letter once. Oh, wow. So, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm friends with Andy Partridge from XTC. XTC, yeah. Who, uh -huh. who, worked, who worked with the residents on one song on one of their albums. So I said to this, you know, the singer guy, I said, you know, by, just by the way, I just moved to San Francisco the other day, like two days ago. And... Uh, friends with you know this guy and this guy and they're like oh yeah we even know them mm -hmm. so i said he says well come back to the garage sale on saturday and uh you know maybe, maybe pick out something you want so i i said like, oh, you i absolutely will so i so i left and then i called doug that night and i said you're not gonna you're not gonna believe who i i mean you're literally not gonna believe me when i tell you who i who i met today in person and I told him, and he's like, "You're full of shit." There's no way. You just moved there. You, you, you met the residents two days after moving to San Francisco. Prove, prove it. And it's like, how am I supposed to prove it? He goes, "You buy something at the garage sale that absolutely proved to me that you." Right. <laughs> so, uh, which so I went to the garage sale, and I don't I don't know if you how familiar you are with their. Enough. I mean, but, I've listened yeah. to their stuff. Yeah. Well, they did something around 1990. They did the show, and and part of it was a scene set in the old west. It okay. was like some bit in the old west, and in the in the in the scene, they're wearing these. You know, it was all done in silhouette, mm -hmm. but they're wearing these like cowboy hats that are like 700 gallon cowboy hats. <laughs> you know, they're 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 just like ridiculously gigantic cowboy hats. Um, and I saw them in the garage. I saw two of them. Uh huh. So I thought, well, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll have to believe me when I so I so I bought one of the cowboy hats uh, for twenty bucks. So, nice, yeah. that's a yeah. good score, man. <laughs> and then and then the, then they said, oh, we're moving to this new office a couple blocks away. And I told him I was a, an editor, and he mm -hmm. goes, well, maybe we could recruit you to you know help us out on this project we're working on. But uh, I didn't have the fast enough computer or whatever. I, I it was the timing was just off. Yeah, but he invited me up to the office a few months later. Uh -huh. So I went up to the resident's office and I got to sit there while he was showing me the stuff he was working on. That's pretty it cool. Just, it was just like, again, I don't know if it was a stranger to bump into Lucille Cataldo or the resident. <laughs> I, I, they're both completely impossible to imagine that would ever happen. Right. <laughs> but they both did. I swear they did. Uh, yeah, so that's my meet the meeting the residents story. Very cool. Really, really. I'm weird. glad you remembered that. Thanks for sharing yeah, it's, that. It's very strange. <laughs> I, I still can't believe it happened, but yeah, it did. That's cool. <laughs> yeah.
Well, I have taken up way too much of your time already. Yeah, Mitch, right. thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. See you. Bye. Stairway to Stardom. If you haven't checked it out, you need to. You can find them all on YouTube, uh, as I mentioned in this episode, at archive.org. I also highly recommend checking out Judson Fountain. That's J-U-D-S-O-N-F-O-U-N-T-A-I-N, Judson Fountain, and uh, the ghost stories that he mentioned. You can find them all on Spotify. Well worth checking out. Very strange. Very cool. Uh, Next week, we will have Amelia Kincaid. That's right, Angela, from the Night of the Demons movies. She danced in Electric Boogaloo. She boogied with Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse, hung out with Ben Gazzara. I mean, how cool is that? Uh, Other than that, get out in the world, have fun, have a beer, go see friends. Just make sure you take care of your servers because at the Walter Paisley Movie House, we do not piss on hospitality.